Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world. Good morning. Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We say a word of greeting to all of you here in the sanctuary this morning, as well as those who are streaming and watching on television. We're thankful for your presence as well. We gather in this holy place in this moment to celebrate the joy of what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. And so we hope that you'll take time now to focus on all that that means and the privilege we have of celebrating together. I invite you to stand as you are able as we join together in our call to worship. Make a joyful noise to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise.
please join me in the affirmation of faith as printed in your worship bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated and as you're being seated please join me in the congregational prayer after the call to prayer is listed in your worship bulletin the proof of God's amazing love is this while we were sinners Christ died for us let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need trusting in God's faithfulness and compassion let us go to God in prayer. Awesome and compassionate God, you have loved us with unfailing and self-giving mercy, yet we admit we have not always loved you. God of grace, we strive to be your hands and help us to reach out to our neighbor and to always show loving kindness so that we shall be called children of God on this earth through Jesus Christ our Lord as the psalmist says I will thank you forever because of what you have done in the presence of the faithful I will proclaim your name for it is good we pray for all those who are experiencing grief and loss this day and our Christian sympathy is extended to Kathy Brzezinski and family in the death of her mother Ray Oxford to Rosemary Davis and Tiffany Foltz in the death of their husband and father, Mike Davis. We also pray for all those who have been ill or recently hospitalized. Bill Huey, Thomas Hines, Thurman Couch. We rejoice in the baptism of Collins Elizabeth Jones, the child of Catherine and Alex Jones. And now as we go to God in prayer, I ask you to bow your heads and let's settle into this moment of silence. Heavenly God, even amid, amidst the storms that cover our lives, we are so grateful for your presence in our lives. So grateful that you hold us together when we cannot hold ourselves. We thank you for the good things happening around us and in our world for beautiful poetry, for leaders that care, for people who will always help their neighbor. We see your beauty all around us, especially when we remember to open our eyes. We know that at times it feels like there is no hope, and at times there is no good in the world. But oh, how we do see the good in the person who brings us food when we are hungry or thought to call, or the stranger who picks us up when we fall. We, we see the good, and we see your face in the faces of all these friends and strangers who choose to do good so that we can be thankful too. God, we know that there is so much change, so much violence, so much hurt that we cannot bear. And that's why we ask that 
you can help us bear anything. That we will find a way to, to see the good in the world and be the good, especially when no one else can be. Grant us hope. Grant, grant us hope that there is still good in the world, even when it's dim and we cannot see it ourselves. May we open our eyes to a new world which holds people who are not only looking out for themselves, but also choose to offer their hand to care for others. Help us to be those change makers as we are also know that we are covered by you and the goodness that you can only give. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught his followers to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Today's scripture reminds us that we are children of God, and because we are children of God, our words and our actions in everyday life should be ways that we live out our faith. And so today, our children receive keychains that say, I am a child of God, that they can put on their backpacks or on their keys to remind them throughout this school year that they are God's beloved, no matter where they are or what they might be going through. And so I'd like for all of those who are beginning a new school year to stand as you are able. Students, teachers, parents, administrators, bus drivers, cafeteria workers, nurses, janitors, counselors. If you are beginning a new academic year, I invite you to stand. And I invite you to hold your arms out with your hands up to receive this blessing as we pray together. God of wisdom, we offer you our thanks and praise for the gift of new beginnings and for the opportunity to learn and to wonder. We pray for all those beginning the new journey of school, that this year might be rewarding for all and that all may learn and grow. Be with all who face the challenge of new tasks, the fear of failure, and the expectations of parents, friends, and self. May they know your gracious presence and seek to grow as your children in service to others and in love for your world. We thank you, God, for your love and constant care for all your children. Lead us daily throughout our lives in all we do and all we are. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated. And if you are here in the sanctuary this morning and did not receive a keychain when you came in and you would like one, Please make sure that you see a pastor or an usher after worship so that we can make sure you get one. And if you are joining us via television or live stream this morning and would like us to mail you a keychain, please reach out to our church office at 501-664-3600. We want to make sure that you get one too. Because you all give and because of the generosity of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, our children and our families, our schools and our communities know that they are God's beloved and know that Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church is a community that supports them and nurtures them as they grow. So as our ushers come forward to receive our tithes and offerings this morning, would you join me in a word of prayer? Holy God, you have blessed us so much. And this morning we take this time to give just a portion of the blessings you have poured on us back to those who need it most. So we pray that you would take these offerings that we so humbly give and that you would bless them, that they would be used for the glory and the furthering of your kingdom, both in our community and around the world. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
invite you to remain standing as today we read from the second chapter of the book of James, the brother of Jesus. Let us hear these holy words from the second chapter. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. We again say a word of greeting this morning to all of you. We're certainly thankful that you are here as the new school year begins and we get back into a routine. We are certainly thankful that Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church is a part of makeup of your week. And we're thankful for those also not only in here in the sanctuary, but streaming and watching on television. We say a special word of greeting to those in Star City, Clarendon, and Forest City, as well, of course, as those who are in our hospitals and nursing homes who we greet each week. We are thankful that you would choose to be a part of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. Now, let me stress once again that immediately following this service of worship, we invite you to gather in the gathering hall, there are tables in place where there are opportunities that abound for you to sign up to be a part of the different mission and ministry opportunities of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church for the fall. This is our Connect Fair, and it is a way in which we can get you involved in the mission and ministry of the church. I will talk more about it in just a little bit, but we are in desperate need of people doing the work that we need to have done in the name of Jesus Christ. So I hope that you'll take time after this service of worship to follow the clergy into the gathering hall. We'd love the privilege to be able to shake your hand, but we would also like for you to look over the opportunities that are available to you as well. We are thankful that you are here. Let us pray. Oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. Susan, my wife, used to be an educator. For many years, she taught English. And then toward the end of her career, she was certified as a librarian. She was appointed, if you will, assigned to an inner city school where she had the privilege of working with some very special children and staff. Many of these children, however, found themselves in very difficult situations, as you can imagine. Poor living conditions, a lack of food, wearing the same clothes day after day. These inner city children really had challenges. And Susan worked really hard to try to make the library a safe haven and a place to really learn and to explore. And so sometimes she would involve me in that process. She said every year about the same time, I need you to come up to the school, put on that Clifford the Dog outfit, and spend the day as Clifford the Dog in the library. And I would say the same thing, please don't make me do that. <laughs> First of all, the outfit that I had to wear couldn't, couldn't have been younger than 50 years old. It had never been washed thousands upon tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people had worn it before I did, and the smell was overwhelming. But I knew this was my chance to help Susan and to help these inner city kids in a very special way. So every year I would spend an entire day dressed in a Clifford the Dog outfit. And by the end of the day, I smelled so bad it was unimaginable and I couldn't have been happier with the experience. All day long, little children who desperately wanted to be included and hugged and embraced 
and have someone pay attention to them for a while came up to me and they would hug my legs and they would talk to Clifford the dog and they would say over and over again to Clifford the dog, I love you. I loved that. It was a powerful and profound experience. And for many of these children, unfortunately, it was one of the few occasions when they had an opportunity to receive love in return for a variety of reasons. And every year I would say the same thing to Susan. These children long for affection. And she would say, you will notice that the same children that hug you as Clifford the dog will hug their teachers all day long, every day. They are in desperate need to be included, to be acknowledged, to be embraced and loved. And we live in a world just like that, regardless of age. We live in a world where people long to matter, to have a purpose, a reason for being, to be somebody. And if the church of Jesus Christ does not embrace them, who will? One day, James, the brother of Jesus, had had enough. Time and time again, he had witnessed early Christians boldly professing their faith as followers of Jesus Christ and doing very little to make it evident to the world around them. And James had enough. He said, you can't do that anymore. That kind of faith doesn't really exist. You can boldly profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but if people cannot see it in your actions, it is dead. It does not exist. James writes, if you see a brother or a sister who is in need, hungry or naked, and you simply walk by and say, go in peace, your faith is dead. We believe that faith equals works. They're not mutually exclusive. If we have faith, then it should be very evident to other people that we follow Jesus Christ by the way we live, by how we interact with other people, by what it is we do and who it is that we are, that people see on a continual basis. One can do good works without faith, but one cannot have faith without good works. It should be evident to everybody else. It's like the old saying, if you were put on trial for being a Christian, is there enough visible evidence to convict you? In other words, do you live in such a way that the reality of the resurrected Christ is clearly an indwelling presence in your life and it is obvious to other people that you follow Jesus by your actions, by how you speak, by how you respond, by your concern and your empathy for those who are less fortunate and go without. And the church collectively as the body of Christ, individuals who make up the body of Christ, have to be that visible presence in the world. People ought to see in the life of the church that we are followers of Jesus Christ by the extraordinary number of ministries in which we participate, by the countless lives that are touched by the power of the work that we do. The church has to be the institution that says faith equals works. In 1 John, John writes, if you have worldly goods, that is, if God has provided for you and you have much, and you do nothing with what it is you have for those who are in need, what good is your faith after all? The book of Proverbs says, those who do good for the poor, honor God. And Jesus himself, of course, said in the 25th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew that one day in the end, finally, every human being is going to be separated into one of two categories. You'll either be labeled as a sheep or a goat, either a follower of Jesus Christ or one who denied him. And the criteria, interestingly enough, is how you treat 
those who are in need. Jesus says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you came to see me. And the righteous said, Lord, we've never seen you in that condition. And he said, oh, if you've seen anybody else in that condition and you responded accordingly to meet their needs, you met my needs. And then Jesus would say to the goats, the unrighteous, I was hungry. You didn't feed me. I was naked. You gave me nothing to wear. I was in prison and you never visited me. Lord, we never saw you in that condition. And Jesus says, if you ever saw anyone else in that condition and you turned a blind eye, you turned a blind eye toward me. That is the criteria, you all. If we are followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to be the kind of people who live in such a way that it is clearly evident to everybody else that Jesus is our Lord by living it out and responding to people accordingly. Just this past week, I had three lengthy conversations with United Methodist clergy, all of whom serve large churches, all asking my advice. John, tell me, how are you doing all the ministries that you're doing at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church right now? We can't seem to get volunteers. You know what my response to all three of them was with three different conversations? Well, who told you we're doing all the ministries we need to be doing? We can't get volunteers either. Why are you asking me? I'm doing everything I can do and I know to do and you are too and we're still not getting the kind of results we need. I've thought about putting up help wanted signs throughout the church or immediate openings available. Something like they do at Walmart or Kroger right now to get people to do something. We need your help. We're having a connect fair. Last week, we had 21 people sign up. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? We have 5,000 members. Y'all, we can do so much better. We have to. Somehow, some way, we have to be the kind of people in and through the life of the church who do the work we are called to do. We spend this inordinate amount of time trying to come up with creative ways to get people to come back to worship. But if you follow Jesus Christ, you should be finding a way not only to worship him. It's not just about an hour in a pew or an hour in front of a screen. It is about taking what it is you have and using it to the glory of God because you love Jesus Christ that much. We shouldn't have to be asking people repeatedly, will you help with our children? Will you help with our youth? Will you help with programs that at one time were solid, hard-as-rock ministries in this church and now are teetering on the brink? We should never be in that position if we follow Jesus Christ because faith equals works. Jesus tells a parable about a man who had a field. And he had to leave town for a while, and he gave one person five talents. That is a level of income, an amount of money. One three talents and one one talent. And he said, go do something with it. The one with five talents invests makes five more talents. The one with three invests makes three more. The one who had the one talent buried it in the field, did nothing with what he was given. When the owner returns... He has a conversation, and he says to the one who made five more talents, well done, good and faithful servant. To the one who had three more, well done, good and faithful servant. And to the one with the one talent, he said, why did you do nothing with what it is I gave you? There's no real good excuse. And that talent is jerked away from him. And what Jesus is telling us is that we're all gifted by God. And that our responsibility is to invest back in the kingdom of God what it is God has given us for the glory of the kingdom of God, to invest it back into the world, to make a fundamental difference. And there are a lot of people right now who, for whatever reason, are investing back in the kingdom of God, and there are others who, for whatever reason, choose not to do that. But we have to find a way to think about what was so important and so compelling for us to be involved in the mission and ministry of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church in the first place. Way back when you united with this congregation or you connected with this church in some way, what was so compelling for you? What drove you to get involved and participate in all that's going on? 
For many people, that has fallen by the wayside. We have to recapture that and reclaim that. And the way we do that is to remind ourselves repeatedly that we have to do something with what it is we have been given. We are not to simply bury it in the ground. In other words, what are the expectations that you think Jesus has for you? If he called you, as he calls all of us, to be in service in his name... What are you doing with the talent that he gave you? Living it out through the life of the church. The primary way we go about doing ministry is through the life of the body of Christ, the church. Now, we do it individually, and we do it in our places of employment, and we do it in our homes, etc. But the primary way, and the most effective and efficient way, is to do it with other people. To make a fundamental difference for the sake of the kingdom of God, because we're all pitching in. We're all doing the work we have been called to do. I wonder sometimes, seems like I wonder about this more than I ever have at any other point in my life, what would the world look like today and what would Little Rock, Arkansas look like today without the church? What if the church no longer existed? There would be no proclamation of the gospel. If the church were just a shell of what it once was, there would be a lot of people who would go without the hungry, and those who are in need of clothing, and those who are in need of counseling, and those who just have a need to be wanted and needed. What would the church look like without them? A lot of people have said, well, I've just gotten out of the habit of coming to church. The church should never be a habit. Smoking is a habit. Chewing on your fingernails is a habit. Church is a part of who you are. And our responsibility is not only to be here in worship, which is critically important, or to watch online or on television, but also to be involved. And I would say those of you who are close enough to be within driving distance, who are members of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and are physically able to be here, please be here. For those watching on television and online who are distanced from us or who happen to be members of other churches or physically can't be here because of their health conditions or whatever it may be, please, please keep being a part of our congregation. We need you and we want you and you're important to us. But we still have hands-on ministry that has to be done and the only way to do it is to have people here to make it happen. You know what James essentially says? If you love Jesus enough, you'll do for him. You'll feel compelled to do for him. You'll want to do for him. My wife Susan a couple of weeks ago fell and broke her arm. This past week she had surgery. The last couple of weeks since she fell and broke her arm, I have been doing as much as I can to nurse her. Now. The role is reversed. I'm the one that usually breaks something, and she's the one who usually cares for me. But we've reversed those roles, and I'm in the process of learning. And so I've tried to do things for her on a continual basis and have a good attitude about it in the midst of all of that. And I've had to do things that I loathe. I just can't stand doing. But I have to do them, or they're not going to get done. And I do that because I love her, and I know she wants me to do it, like going to the grocery store. I am so intimidated to go to a grocery store. I don't like to go to the grocery store. I don't know where anything is. I need somebody to hold my hand down the aisles because it's a scary place for me. And I am stunned by the cost of a loaf of bread. I told Susan, is this right? Do I need to go back to the store and tell them? And she said, no, that's how much bread costs. I don't know that. I didn't know all of that stuff. And you know, if you go to the grocery store, you really ought to look at the prices because one price might be a little different from the one right next to it. And it's not just the pretty packaging, which is what I like, which is what we tend to go with. So I've spent a lot more money than necessary at the grocery store, but I'm learning and I'm trying to do the things that need to be done to help her because I love her. And she has done so much for me, I feel compelled and have a deep desire to do for her in return. The same should be true in our relationship with Jesus Christ. He has done so much for us. We ought to feel compelled that we want to do something for him in return just because we love him. Look, you all, there's nobody who's more tired of talking about people coming back and being involved in the life of the church than I am. And I'm not going to keep talking about it. I'm not. I'm tired of it. It's worn me out. You're tired of me talking about it. 
but this is what we have to do. Fundamentally, we offer up in the life of the church different ways to meet those who want to be embraced by Jesus. They want to be embraced because life can be a challenge. We have small groups and we have Bible studies and we have mission opportunities and we have chances to work with children and youth and senior adults and everything else because we need people to be doing that and you need to be doing it. You have an inherent desire within you if you follow Jesus to do it. So please do it. We have a chance to make a profound difference in the world. And I wonder sometimes why we're in the position we're in. What would happen if the church ceased to be? The church has taken a heavy hit because of COVID. But we can't use COVID as an excuse anymore. The fact of the matter is, it's spiritual lethargy. It's complacency. It's a lack of desire to get involved all over again in what it is that at one time many people were very much an active part of. And we've got to recreate that and offer those opportunities. And we've got to measure up as a church staff. We have to measure up as a congregation. And finally and fundamentally, we have to remember this is who we are. Faith equals works. They go hand in hand. The book of Galatians says it is the responsibility of the church to bear one another's burdens. That is, I carry your load and you carry my load. We do that for each other. Years ago, I read an autobiography of Booker T. Washington called Up From Slavery. And in there, he talks about how the masters used to make all of the slaves wear this real coarse and fibrous material on their bodies. It was itchy and it was painful and it left sores on their bodies. Booker T's older brother would wear that coarse and fibrous material until it was worn down. And then he would take off his shirt and give it to his younger brother, Booker T, to wear from then on. And Booker T Washington talks about how his brother would bear the burden of the pain that accompanied wearing that shirt so that he didn't have to. There are a lot of people in the world who need to be embraced. There are a lot of people in the world who want to matter. There are a lot of people in the world who are hungry. There are a lot of people in the world who just want a place. And Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church has to do its part to make that happen. We have to be the people who fundamentally make a difference in the name of Jesus Christ because we have no choice. It's who we are. It's what we want to do. So we think about the many ways in which we can make that happen and we respond accordingly. Where are you in your own walk with Jesus Christ? All of us are at different places at different times. But one of the ways that we can draw closer to him is to look for the reality of how it is he chooses to come to us in people, events, and circumstances, and opportunities that present themselves. If we take Jesus seriously, which we always should, and he says, you see me and those who have a need, then we have a chance to encounter Jesus on a regular basis. And fundamentally, if we do that, it changes us and it makes us much more who God would have us to be and much more who we fundamentally want to be. I think that's important for us to keep in mind. I read a book years ago called Words to Love By by Mother Teresa. Listen to what she says. At the end of life, we will not be judged by how many diplomas we have received or how much money we have made or how many great things we have done. We will be judged by, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was naked and you clothed me. I was homeless and you took me in. Hungry not only for bread, but hungry for love. Naked not only for clothing, but naked of human dignity and respect. Homeless not only for want of a room made of bricks, but homeless because of rejection. This is always Christ coming to us in distressing disguise. 
James looked around and said, there are a lot of people and there's a lot of bravado when it comes to the early church. People who boldly say, I follow Jesus Christ. And James said, if you do, then let me see it. You can't simply say it and do nothing with it. You have to do something with it or you never had it to begin with. So let's try, you all. Let's keep plugging away. Let's keep doing what we need to do. Let's keep being the church we're called to be. Let's make a fundamental difference time and time and time again in the lives of people who need us and want us and deserve our best effort. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and that's what it means to be a member of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. Faith equals works. So once again, we say, let's all go to work. Hallelujah. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning and the hymn of invitation is number 438, Fourth in Thy Name, O Lord. As we sing our closing hymn today, we invite anyone here in the sanctuary who would like to unite with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church to find a card in the pew in front of you that says how to join. We invite you to put your name on that card. And as we sing our closing hymn, the ministers will come down to the front. We'll give you the vows of the church and we'll celebrate that you've chosen to be in ministry with us as a part of this faith community. For those watching online or on television, please be in contact with the church. You can call us or you can email us and we'll be happy to provide you information about how it is you too can become a part of this faith community. We have members of our congregation who live throughout the state of Arkansas and even in other places who have connected with us and long to be in ministry with us. We're all in this together, so we invite you to stand now as we sing. like to introduce you to Carter and George Ann Ford and their daughters Lucy and Cheney 
And they are joining uh, Pulaski Heights by transfer from another United Methodist Church who will greatly miss them. And we're glad to have you here with us. And so uh, I just ask you on behalf of the whole church, if you will be loyal to Jesus Christ and his church through the United Methodist Church and the ministries of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. And if so, you will say, I will. We are so delighted, and as, they, as we leave out, uh, they'll be with us in the gathering hall. Please come by and say hello and visit with them for a second. We also want to welcome them into the life of the church and remind ourselves that we reaffirm our vows when we welcome our newest members. So let us welcome this wonderful family. We rejoice to recognize you as members of Christ's Holy Church, and we welcome you to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. With you, we renew our vows to uphold it by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Now, we want to remind you once again to go into the gathering hall. Please look over the different mission and ministry, small group opportunities, etc., Bible studies, and please see where it is God is leading you, and we invite you to be involved in all that we do. The ministers will go out this door. We would love the privilege of being able to visit with you and say a word of greeting to you on this day. We are grateful that you would choose to be in this holy place with us at this holy time. And for those watching online or on television, we are thankful that you would choose to be a part of our worship experience as well. So we say to all of you, God bless you. Have a great week. Walk with Jesus. And tell somebody about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. I would say faith is about the belief that you have in God and like putting all of your trust in God and in the church, especially in the community of the church, because I feel like that's something that's really important to like keep hold of. A lot of it was, I've just been going to church for a long time. And then like, as the years have gone by, I've just learned more about the church and more about like the Bible. And then especially this year, going to Bible study and youth like it's just been a whole journey of like being with friends and with 
like adults that are helping us learn about God. So I had never really done a formal Bible study before and then with Ellen and with um, the other adults and kids in the group, like we just take each verse and we like break it down. And at the beginning, like we weren't very good at it and it would take like a lot of help from Ellen. But now we can do a lot of it like with barely any guidance from her. So it's like good to see our growth in that. Thank you again for worshiping with us today at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We invite you to visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.